Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Believe in Everything Auburn is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sporting needs. With basketball back, Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. And you'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. It's always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit if you use our promo code, that's BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, BetOnline, where the game starts. War Eagle, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Everything Auburn. I'm Taylor Davis, your loyal host, along with my esteemed co-host and friend, Jason Campbell. And uh, boy, what a fun week it has been in Auburn. And we are certainly going to talk about that. But it has been a difficult week in the world of college football. And I felt like we needed to start with that. It will be a difficult pivot out of it, but an absolute horrific tragedy happened in Charlottesville, Virginia this past weekend. Obviously, I'm sure everyone has already, you know, uh, read up on it and knows a lot about the shooting that unfortunately happened and claimed the lives of three Virginia football players. Um, Honestly, it's unthinkable. I, I, I can't really even conceptualize what they're all going through as a team, as a university, of course, their families. It's unthinkable that something like that would happen at any time. But, you know, in the in the thick of season, when those guys are spending so much time together, you know, the coaches and I, I mean, it's Tony Elliott's first year as the head coach at Virginia. Um, just so many elements to it that make it really hard to even wrap your mind around something so terrible happening. But I just wanted to, and, and I know Jason Echoes want to give our condolences to the families and everyone at Virginia, the teammates um, who are, you know, going through unspeakable pain. I also wanted to make sure that our listeners and, and everyone knows the ACC network is actually going to be broadcasting their memorial service on Saturday that will air on the ACC network at 3.30 Eastern. So if you are interested in watching that, I just want to make sure people know that that is available on ACC network. But of course, our our thoughts and prayers and hearts and absolutely everything go out to that community as they deal with the aftermath of, of that tragedy. So just wanted to start with that. And again, very difficult pivot. But with that, Jay and I will, of course, discuss everything that happened on the planes this past weekend. It was an incredible day. Uh, I can't wait to hear Jason's take on it because he was down there in the fold for a really special day for the Auburn family. Auburn, of course, came away with a win over Texas A&M 13 to 10 in front of a sold out Jordan Hare. And of course, behind interim head coach Cadillac Williams, who got his first win as a head coach. And as much as we would have loved to have that win in Starkville, it is pretty awesome that his first win was at home. You know, the, the field that built him 
So it was a really special day all around. So with that, I'll welcome in Jay Cam and get his input on the day. I know you were among a lot of your teammates, former teammates for this one, Jay, in supporting Lack. And it was so freaking cool to see all of y'all there supporting him. It was it was like a little reunion for y'all. What was what was it like for you? <laughs> Uh, most definitely. Hello, everyone. Uh, you want and only J. Cam Smooth C17. <laughs> one and only. <laughs> it was like a reunion. Uh, yeah. It was. It was a great time uh, seeing a lot of guys that we played with uh, throughout the years, and you know, seeing us as grown men now. You know, uh, wives and kids, different things. Uh, to see everyone come back and and show that love and support, and to also hear them say, "Man, this feels like old times." Like that meant oh, something cool. that, t- that tells me that it hasn't been feeling like old times over yeah. the last few years. And, yeah. and, you know, just to have lack, he brought all the former players that was there in the locker room before the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the players could see everyone uh, that's on, the, that's on the team now. And, and not just that, even they ran through the tunnel with them uh, when they entered the field and uh, got a chance to stand on the sideline. Most of the guys stood on the sideline majority of the game. Some went to their seats, but they felt welcome. And not only that, the players there, when they saw the unity that we have 20 years from being removed from playing college ball at Auburn, and we still in contact with each other, mm-hmm. and we still have that connection, they look at it a lot different now. And like I said, this this these these teams now, you know, you have NIL, you have different marketing opportunity for kids to be able to make money nowadays and it can cause a little bit of individualism and you know and almost like you're in the pros yeah so how do you get rid of that in college and and make these guys realize like man this is bigger than money like for sure you know having that camaraderie having that relationship that you can have with one another that outweighs money you know, if you take care of the things you need to take care of on the field, you take care of the things you need to take care of in life, you're going to get drafted or whatever. You're going to be successful in life because you're going to get you a good scholarship. You're going to get a good education. And now you have NILs going to give you opportunities as well. You're going to be successful. Mm-hmm. So if the people that came before you can be successful without all those things, when we came through, now you're just put this back as your core and let all the other stuff just kind of take care of itself. And I think yeah. this, uh, this team is starting to understand that, you know, through Carnell and uh, I'll call him Carnell, but I'll call him Cadillac <laughs> through Carnell. I think everyone is starting to see that and not just him, you know, these coaches have bought into the mindset of, of, of what he's trying to serve discipline, you know, and, and those things that he's trying to get this team to do. The coaches have bought into that. You right. know, and there's some other coaches on this staff that that are Auburn guys as well. Kendall Simmons, Zach Etheridge, uh, Jimmy Brumball played at Auburn. So you still have four guys that's on that staff that know what it's like to be in that locker room and know what it's like to play between those lines and what it means to be an Auburn man. Who better to teach it than the guys that actually played it? Yeah. So, you know, this is a, a great time for these guys, especially for the seniors. They was having a rough year, and now they get a chance to write their senior year these last four games with a bunch of energy, a bunch of fun, uh, building a, a little bit closer relationship with their with their teammates. You know, guys gave their life to Christ last week at Mississippi State game. Yeah. I'm pretty sure someone did this past weekend as well. Exactly. Like these are these are the the main things, the huge things, and uh, 
And like I said, the Auburn family showed up and showed out. They came out and supported. You would have thought it was the Iron Bowl <laughs> when you saw Tiger Walk. Like when we was doing the, the 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 radio show outside, we had people around there just listening like it's the Iron Bowl. Wow. And people just so excited to to get back to being Auburn. You know, we let too many people come into our circle and have turned us to who we're not. Mm-hmm. And now we need people that's going to come in here and buy into the Auburn family and keep it going because Carnell is getting this thing going in the right direction. 100%. I, you know, I was, I did get to watch the game. I hated not being there, but I do want to give a shout out from a television perspective. The broadcast did such a good job at capturing the environment, you know, for those of us who weren't able to Mm -hmm. physically be there in Auburn, you know, Cole Kubelik covering that game was the perfect scenario. Again, someone who truly gets it to to have him down there interviewing Lack before they came out of the tunnel. Incredible. But even the producer, Billy Palladino is his name. He, you know, works for ESPN. I've worked with him before. He's an incredible producer. Decisions like, you know, staying after the game was over and and filming what was happening post game you know the stands stayed full when the game was over and the students were in there i mean like it looked like it was halftime the light show was going they had swag surf going and the broadcast didn't cut away from that they stayed on it a little bit longer and really captured the emotion of the situation so i i just want to give a shout out from a tv perspective i thought they did a really good job but i, I mean that wouldn't have been necessary if the crowd wasn't what it was <laughs> I, I mean it was it was palpable like it was coming through the television how much it meant to everybody and you know I got it's so annoying when you get on social media and you see people making fun of something like that and the only way you would make fun of that is if you just don't get it because right. this wasn't about a fourth win this wasn't about beating Texas A&M this was about Auburn returning to being Auburn. We had gotten so far from the passion and heart that we are known to have. And this was a return to that familiarity. This was a return to the Auburn football that we all love. And that doesn't necessarily meet some pummeling of a team that we think we're better than. It's just a passion that's on the field and in the stadium. And it was back. That's what it was all about. And I was, I was so happy for Cadillac. I mean, I I was happy for all of y'all, Jay. Like I, I know that that's what a team should be that those moments, the fact that y'all put, like you always say, blood, sweat, and tears on that field, you should be connected for life. You know, it should go beyond whatever wins and losses y'all have. It should mean more than the money you possibly make at the next level. Those relationships are what college football should be built on. So to see all of that in real time was so flipping cool. And it's just a testament to what Auburn can be and still is, even though it got overshadowed for a little bit. And I think what Lack said post-game was dead on. Like, why would you not want to be a part of this? You know, like this Auburn football isn't dead. Look what the turmoil that has happened in the last year. And with a little bit of hope and some rejuvenation of spirit, this stadium is packed and these boys are out here playing with heart. Like it doesn't take much when you're at Auburn, you know, and, and that was really showcased. Are there 
you know, improvements that need to be made on the field 100%. But let me tell you what, they played harder. They played with more enthusiasm. They had more fun. And that's what I care about at the end of, you know, this season, because the, the goals that we all hope to attain are not within reach this year, but I'll be damned if they are not still giving it their all. And I, I credit lack for that because the wheels could have certainly fallen off if the wrong guy was at the helm right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, most definitely. If, uh, that's why I say, even though he got placed in the interim position, that was a huge move to go to someone that, like I said, someone that's been in that locker room and understand what it takes to be an Auburn man. And like Lack was saying, he's real with everyone. He was scared, <laughs> scared like crazy because, you know, how this may go. And yeah. he didn't know, but he just said, hey, his players came to him and said, coach, just be yourself like you are in the running back room. Mm -hmm. You just have more people now. And I think that has that mentality has galvanized and people have bought into the aspect of it. And like I said, last week in the Mississippi state game, they fell behind 24 to three. That was a critical part that they came all the way back and took totally. the lead and went into overtime. If that game have ended 38 to three, 38 to 10, we may be singing a different tune. Like, man, the wheels are really falling off. Yeah. But instead we like, man, the wheels are coming on. They're getting repaired. Yeah, <laughs> we, we almost we almost ready for we almost ready for pickup. Yeah, you know? so yeah, it's just that uh, that's the aspect of it, and I echo what you said about SEC Network and Cole. Yeah, I was standing right there during that interview, mm -hmm. and Cole was so into it. And yep. why you couldn't ask for a better person to do the interview because Cole right. played at Auburn. Cole right. was at Auburn when we first got there, so we know Cole. We played a year with him before he graduated, so. Mm -hmm what better person to give that interview and and like you said shout out to sec network for allowing them to have a three minute plus interview yeah you know most yeah. of the time it's really quick and it's on but exactly. on to the next but they galvanized the opportunity to take advantage of the moment yep. carnell is the first african-american coach in auburn history yeah. and not only that he's a player that was in the locker room 20 years ago and now he's the head coach at the university that he played at. So that was a huge monumental thing. And it was the aspect of all these people came out to support getting a victory was a huge deal because people now can build off of that. And the players can now say, dang coach, you right. We serve each other. We play discipline ball. We execute, but we also believe in what we can achieve. We can actually see that now. Right. You know, it's not just smoke, smoke stream. We can see it because now you come back and almost won a game on the road over time. But this game was a hard fought game on both sides and you found a way to win it. And defensively, you have been playing astronomically better mm -hmm. since the second half of the Mississippi State game. And yep. it's almost like Coach Smedden is calling it a different game than it did when he was on the Harson. So true. It's almost like the wheels have the 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 lots have been taken off of him mm -hmm. where he's now dialing up. He's not just sitting back in a three man in a zone and rushing three all the time. He's now rushing four. He's rushing five. He's actually at Owen Papo on a blitz last week. They got a sack. So <laughs> it's almost like he's allowed to coach freely, you know, and, and other coaches are allowed to kind of coach freely. And I don't know what kind of, you know, environment they had before, but I'm just telling you off what I see. And, um, and just overall, though, like I said, like like Carnell said, he's going to get a lot of the attention and the credit. But like he said, testament to his staff, you know, Will Friend, you know, Kendall Simmons, the offensive line coach that played at Auburn with us. Mm -hmm. uh, 
did you see our run game this past weekend? Yeah. Like, we was getting the outside on the edge. Like, we was hitting them with Tank, hitting them with Hunter. Austin nope. get a little bit. Then we was hitting them back. Now, what has been our Achilles heel, heels for most of the season? Passing game. Our passing game. Well, if we could just hit the simple things, not make the simple things hard. If yeah. we could hit the simple ones, we would win these games 27 to 10. You know, you could win those games. We just make it harder. Like, Robbie's a great athlete, but he has to focus a little bit more on details when it comes to the passing game and uh and everything so you know things can continue to grow you can't have it all but right now positive mindset going and and taylor you got a chance to see it from afar Mm -hmm. uh you'll get a chance to see it up close this weekend and uh and it still should be an exciting crowd because we have a really good western kentucky team coming in here for sure definitely not one you look past even though it's not you know a power five opponent but um, it is the last home game of the season, obviously. And, you know, we don't know what the next few months will entail. You know, I think realistically, Cadillac's in the mix now, you know, and I, I've actually seen the players are, you know, coming out and saying, you know, that they they would love to have him in that head coach role. You know, obviously, I think that there's going to be a lot to deliberate in terms of, you know, what you would get out of him versus other, you know, current head coaches and, of course, experience level and blah, blah, blah. But without question, there is a heart and a passion and an understanding of Auburn that no one could bring like Cadillac. And I think you saw that on Saturday. And if he wasn't already on the list of consideration, he certainly is now. This thing will continue to move probably pretty rapidly as regular season winds down. I I don't think that they're going to drag it out too long, but I don't think they'll make a rush decision. They'll I mean, look, the iron bolt could be very interesting, you know, is is Auburn going to gain enough steam and and will Cadillac have, you know, the right game plan for it? Because I think if you go into Tuscaloosa, win the Iron Bowl, and it makes you bowl eligible, you are now a very real content. Like, I don't know how you don't hire that guy. But also, here's a you know, does Cadillac want to be a head coach? Is he, you know, in that situation? <laughs> That's a question no, no one has even asked. No right? one's even asking. Like, does he want that? I mean, look, it's it shouldn't be a question that he remains on staff. I think whoever becomes head coach, I, I would hope to goodness above that that would not even be a question. Like what this guy has done, what he means to, let me tell you what, you come into an Auburn fan base. And if one of your first moves is to get rid of Cadillac Williams, you have a fan base that now hates your guts. (laughs) So it will be in your best interest to not only keep him, but promote him and give this man what he deserves. But that is one angle of it that I, I have thought like, does, does Cadillac want to be a head coach? Because obviously a head coach role is substantially different. I'm sure he does because of how much he loves this program. But nonetheless, all of that will unfold in the weeks to come. And, you know, obviously beyond what Cadillac has has been doing and likely will continue to do, I think the, the name most prominently being discussed is Lane Kiffin. I, I mean, there are new rumors, uh, sightings. I mean, people are on this thing like daggum FBI 
that that he is a very real contender right now there are even reports not verified sources don't get me wrong but people talking that you know there have been offers discussed and obviously he had very outward frustration with Ole Miss in his post-game press conference after the Alabama loss that kind of perpetuated the you know consideration that he would leave Ole Miss for Auburn I don't know if you saw it, Jay, but when we first did the episode about coach coaches or whatever, and we were talking about Lane, mm-hmm. the the comments that we got on Twitter of people coming <laughs> after us that we were so stupid for thinking that Auburn is a better job than Ole Miss. Like, I don't know what rock you're living under in the college football landscape, but that's like not even up for debate. Right. Like, well, we see, were, I love it, right? Because- <laughs> Because we have facts and it is, it's a fact. You know, I'm gonna give you three facts already, just okay. really quick. Auburn undefeated in 2004 won an SEC championship. Uh-huh. Uh, 2010 Auburn won an SEC championship, wins the national championship. Two undefeated seasons already. 2013 Auburn won the SEC championship, plays in a national championship. Yes. 2017 Auburn played in played in the SEC championship, but had to beat the same team twice and within three weeks that was ranked number one. Mm-hmm. And that was hard to do. If they're playing anybody else, they win and probably go to another national championship. Right. So in 1993, Auburn went undefeated. I know I said three, there's many. Uh, Auburn went undefeated it, yeah. in 1993. Uh, was on probation. Couldn't perform for SEC championship or national championship. Uh, 1997, Auburn goes to the SEC championship, loses to Tennessee and Peyton Manning on a heartbreaker to Pillage Price in that mm-hmm. game. Uh, like 1983, one game away from probably playing for a national championship. So right there, Mississippi, Ole Miss, I mean, Ole Miss just had their first win, 10, 10 win season mm-hmm. last year. Last year, they have yet to play for an SEC championship. They haven't even won the West yet. So how could anyone say that? We're not talking bad about Ole Miss. We're just saying that, hey, you can't say that you're on the same playing field as Auburn when it comes to football. I was just like, because the accolade tells you why. I was like, and now we just got this $100 million indoor football facility. You haven't seen oh, it yet. I hope you get a chance to see it this weekend. It oh, is second geez. to none. Oh, it is second to none in the country. Like, it will blow your mind. And mm-hmm. then on top of that, you don't have to beg the Auburn fan base to show up and pack it out for exactly. 89,000 89, people in the stands. They going to be there. You know what you need to do? They will be there. They was there this past weekend. We was three and six, and they showed up. So, exactly. you know, that's and then the NIL. Difference. Right, and then yeah, NIL. We're one of, and NIL yeah. right now. And we're one of the better NIL places in all of college. Mm-hmm. And so we have we have opportunities for, for, for that to grow as well as our athletes and stuff on their opportunity once they're signing on Auburn's campus. So it's just so much. And we don't have a, just like Mississippi, there's no NFL teams, Mm -hmm. but so Mississippi and Mississippi state are like major in the state of Mississippi, Auburn, Alabama are major in the state of Alabama because there's no NFL team. So you can become legends in both of these States based off what you do in college. But let's just be honest though. Like the iron bowl has been, one of the most craziest things because who's beat Alabama more since 20, since 2000, it's been Auburn, mm-hmm. you know, everybody else, they've had pretty much beat handily 
You know what I'm saying? So, like I said, my brother played in Mississippi State, so I understand the rivalry of the Egg Bowl. It is huge, too. Like, in that state, you win the Egg Bowl, you become mm-hmm. a legend. But uh, we're just talking about overall football aspect. Uh, where do you have a quicker chance to get to the national championship? History tells you Auburn. 100%. I don't think it – we weren't even saying that based on our bias or opinion. It was just right. like facts. And it was also driven by things that Lane Kiffin has straight up said he's trying to prioritize and get backing for it Ole Miss. So, like, that wasn't just opinion. That was literal. That is definitely the front runner. Hugh Freeze continuing to make a case for himself. Liberty went in and beat Arkansas at – Fayetteville with their third string quarterback so I mean he wins wherever he is and obviously has ties to Auburn apparently conversations have been had with Dan Lanning I don't know how deep or how serious and now the rumor mill wants to say that Davo Sweeney is a a, (laughs) I will be so Uh. like flabbergasted if there is any truth to that I can't see that at all I can't see Davo leaving Clemson ever People well, want to see he there's one reason for- he may leave Clemson. And well, the the main reason is one, he's frustrated with their NIL collective. Hmm. Um, and he knows the order to compete with the Bamas and Georges and you know everybody, you gotta have a strong NIL collective, mm-hmm. but not just that. So he didn't feel like he's getting that at Clemson. And the other aspect of it is Maybe he's just ready to, you know, change. He's been at Clemson for a long time. He's won national championships, and it's almost like they've gotten set into complacency. You know, without the quarterback that left a few years ago that's at Jacksonville now, Trevor, Trevor, they really haven't looked like Clemson. As good. No, I think from that perspective, maybe, but – He's just in such a good situation. He's one of the highest paid. They just bumped him up and extended him this past season. So I don't know if I see it. I will be shocked. The other ones, I'll be like, yeah, like I can see it coming, whatever. If it is Davo Sweeney, my jaw will be on the floor. Like no part of me thinks that's going to happen. Well, put it this way. Davo will be a shocker. Huge. Matt Rule will be a shocker. Please no. Um. We haven't heard much about Dion lately, so that would yeah. be a shocker. Yeah, I don't think that one has um, much gravity. Luke Fickle would be a shocker. Uh huh. Even Mark Stoops, uh, like I haven't really Mark heard Stoops much about him, even though Kentucky freaking lost to Vanderbilt. Can we take a second? What? Yeah, and, and that's the thing. See, that's the thing. Like that. How does that happen? How you know does that happen? <laughs> like you you come into the season and you're Kentucky and you're supposed to push Georgia for the SEC East. Exactly. And you lose to Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I get it if you lost. You know, they lost, didn't they lose to South Carolina? They lost to South Carolina, yeah. but they didn't have their quarterback. They didn't have Levis. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't have a quarterback. So, so I get that one. But to lose to Vanderbilt? Wolf. I'm I just like, I can't tell if your program is moving up or is it just yeah. stuck right now? Because you shouldn't lose the game to Vanderbilt. If you yeah. Missouri should have beat them on a mm-hmm. questionable call, which they need to change the rule that once the ball is snapped and on a punter and is rolling on the ground and he's going to pick it up and everybody's trying to go get the ball down. So he catches and punt it and just because the guy hits him and now all of a sudden it's a 15 yard rough in the kicker. Right. Like you got to change that rule now. Come on. Mm-hmm. Like, but overall disappointing teams in the SEC this year outside of Auburn, uh, 
yeah Missouri, it's, it's been kentucky oof, yeah well and i think if you're if you're gauging it based on preseason expectation south carolina has been a disappointment they got the quarterback you know and beamer mm-hmm. had it going and but they've been a disappointment too so i mean i guess i can't hate on the acc that much because i do think this has been a down year for the sec obviously you know, Alabama is not in the typical form that they typically are. Tennessee was fantastic, but then Georgia made them look terrible. So, like, it's just <laughs> the parody, I guess, is heightened, which we yeah. all love. But I think that there's three likely ones that are kind of toward the front right now and the rest of them. Honestly, the rest of it might just be smoke and mirrors so that it, they keep people off the scent of what it really is. Yeah, I heard somebody say earlier today on the Fine Bomb show when I was getting prepared to go on, uh, someone said, you know, they said something about an Auburn man. And I was like, okay, they're not talking about Cardinal. Then who they're talking about? Mm-hmm. And somebody came on there and they said, Coach Steele. Goodbye. No. That would, no, that would, no. That would be a shocker. There is <laughs> so. no way in hell they do that. <laughs> not with the way that all happened. I'll just and put it all out there to you. What I no, I know. I know. And I'm sure people will say that because <laughs> of the history. And look, he was a very good defensive coordinator oh, for us. Don't great get me wrong. I freaking loved yeah. meeting with him whenever I, you know, called Auburn games and stuff. I mean, he knows a lot like he is a very very smart football coach but guys that one is so stained there is no way that they would dabble in that I mean it's what they wanted a couple years ago don't get me wrong but it's been tainted I think you need a younger coach Um, we're doing that we're uh, let's get to will I don't I want something like that all right, you know T. Will is a guy that we hope to see back on the planes as well, because you got to think he's up. He had he's up for an award uh, as the assistant coach award uh, wow. nationally. Wow! So this is his what second year as UCF's defensive coordinator, and they've already broken a lot of records from mm-hmm. previous years of what their defenses have done in the past. So his name has to be up there as far as an opportunity to come back to Auburn as a defensive coordinator. I would uh, so, love that. You know, so there's many options and there, there's some guys. So yeah. we'll see how this transpires, though. But the fun part of it is we get a chance to joke around a little bit, but yeah. seriously a little bit as well. But there'll probably be another name thrown out there that's going to make Taylor's hair go gray. Uh, before she's even ready for it. Oh but... gosh, I can't take it. I can't. <laughs> but this will probably be finalized. The Iron Bowl's next Saturday. I would, I would. My guess, Saturday is December twenty first. Mm-hmm. My guess would be within three days after the Iron Bowl, we'll know who the head coach is. That week after, wow. Yes, because you have to get recruits in for the final official visits, right? And you want to try to flip some guys and transfer mm-hmm. portal early December as well. So you need your coach in place, whoever it is. We, yeah. you, know, you know, they have to hit the ground running, you know, yeah. I and mean, you don't want to get too far behind. And look, That's there's why. a lot of other vacancies right now too. Mm-hmm. So you don't yeah. want to let, you know, another coach or another program swoop in and end up getting your coach. So yeah. it's chaos. it is if it hadn't already been, but Right now, our head coach is Cadillac Williams, and he will be leading the team into the final home game against Western Kentucky. So let's talk about that one a little bit. So the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers head to town. They are part of Conference USA. They currently have a 7-4 and four overall record, 5-2 and two in conference play. But Auburn is just a one-score favorite in this one, and it's because they're arguably one of the best 
non-Power 5 teams. They're behind, you know, groups like UCF and Cincinnati who are, you know, all headed to Power 5 conferences in the near future. So definitely not one that you look past or go ahead and chunk up as a W. This one will definitely require solid execution and energetic play the same way we saw this past week. They are definitely an air raid team. So our defensive depth is certainly going to be an element with this one. When you can sub, how you can sub, they go tempo. Uh, Their quarterback, Austin Reed, is a transfer from University of West Florida. He's put together a great season. He's got a 67.8% completion percentage, 3,548 yards, 31 touchdowns, and just seven interceptions on the year. He averages eight yards per attempt. So he's definitely a very capable guy who spreads you out a lot. They use a lot of their receivers. It's not really just one guy that, you know, you're going to double team him and and the rest are kind of incapable. They really distribute the ball well. Malachi Nelson has the most yards on the team with 953, but he's got seven touchdowns, which is the same amount as another one of their receivers and just a couple more than their tight end. So they really utilize a lot of their weapons with a quarterback that is very effective and accurate through the air. They will run the ball though. So it's not like our run defense is, you know, going to be chilling all night, but it will be more reminiscent of that Mississippi state game, you know, a lot happening through the air raid. So our defense will definitely have to play sound and efficient. And hopefully we're able to sub and keep guys, you know, well-rested because they are going to you know, try and snap the ball a lot. They try and get a lot of plays off and uh, and play with that tempo. So it'll be an interesting one, but I, I really feel like if we're able to run the ball the way we did this past week, if we're efficient in that way, I give us the edge for sure. And obviously we have a very capable defense that is, you know, in a rhythm as of the last two weeks. So definitely will be one that they will have to get hyped for. It is a three o'clock kick. It will be on SEC Network once again. But Jay, what do you anticipate knowing what you know about the situation and our team, but also what you know about Lack? What do you anticipate, you know, the focus has been this week and and the message for them to I always, I hate when we get into this conversation with coaches because they're like, we don't look past anybody. Okay, you may not, but you've got 18 (laughs) to 21 year old kids that are already thinking about the Iron Bowl. Let's be real. Mm -hmm. How do you kind of force yourself or help yourself get as pumped for a game that, you know, doesn't have the same gravity as an SEC opponent? Well, easy, you know, just look at our record. You know, we're four and six and, you know, we've, San Jose State came into Auburn early this year and almost walked away with a victory. Um, you know, so I just think that right now, if this team wants to continue to to grow, you have to be able to turn the page quickly. And you was excited on Saturday night. I'm pretty sure you enjoyed it on Sunday as well. But Monday, we walked in that building, I already know Carnell. He was like, guys, we got to turn the page, mm-hmm. turn all our attention to Western Kentucky because Western Kentucky is looking at this as like their big bowl game. You know, they're coming to play in a in a hostile environment, they're coming to play in a, a, a bigger opponent, power five, and they will want nothing less than to beat you. Yeah. So, you know, we need to make sure that we get buttoned up, make sure that guys are, you know, paying attention to details. And if you're a defensive guy like a Kobe Wooten and Derrick Hall and mm-hmm. Owen Papo and DJ James and all these guys that, you know, may have an opportunity to go into the senior bowl. We had a couple of guys get invited to the senior bowl this week, which was great. 
you want to continue to get out there and get some sacks. Yeah. <laughs> like you want, you want to, like you want them to throw the ball. Go ahead. Like throw the ball because if I'm Derek Hall. I don't think you can block me one on one. Right. I don't, you know, I don't think Kobe Wooten, the guy that's blocking him, can block him one on one. So you can't double team because now you got to deal with the other. So, you know, this is a game from a defensive standpoint, as a defensive back, you got to be itching at the bit to get out there and get some hands on some balls. Like you did yeah. get some interceptions and create some turnovers, just like you did against Mississippi State when we played that air rated offense. We was able to get sacks, fumbles, we got interceptions. So this is gonna create the same opportunity because they throw the ball so much. Now, offensively, what's our game plan since we struggled in the passing game? Well, I I would like you were saying, I would echo that we're going to run the ball heavily, uh, try to keep their offense on the sidelines because that limits their opportunities in the passing game mm -hmm. and and see if they can defend and stop our run and right. see if we can pound the rock and, and get to the end zone and uh, keep Robbie in situations where, you know, he can be successful. Uh, you know, we know he can scramble and get outside the pocket is what he does very well, but not have to depend so much on big passing plays to to bail us out, but to rely heavy on our on our running backs that we have. So with two weeks left, and obviously the Iron Bowl is just a different animal in itself, and it's also on the road. So for this last home showcase, who who do you need to see a little bit more from? You know, I don't. I hate to say there's nothing to lose because that's that's not a good way to go about it. But there is an opportunity here. You could see this situation in a positive light of just let go a little bit. Like you can play with a little bit of like a reckless abandon because like you aren't walking this tightrope, you know, terrified to to misstep like some of these one loss teams on the cusp of a playoff. You know what I mean? Right. So there is a little bit of an opportunity for you to just go out there and ball. And if, if some of them do that, if some of them get out of their own way a little bit, I think they'll play better. There are a few guys in my mind that I think of, but for you, who do you want to see just – just kind of let it let it loose this week. Jalen Simpson is one guy. Oh, uh, just because, you know, he's played corner and he's playing a little bit of safety and, you know, like to see him to continue flying around and 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 everything and just let his instincts, you know, make plays for him. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he's definitely one of those guys. I would probably say my other guy is um uh, Owen. And I was going to say, say Owen. And I'm, I'm going to say Owen because let's just be honest, you know, for most of the season, we didn't hear a lot about him. Yep. And all of a sudden these last two weeks, he's been making noise. And yep. I'm not sure if it's just the scheme that's now allowing him to just play freely uh, and everything. But he's a guy I would like to see just this week, let it go, get out there and make some of those plays that we've seen him make in the past. And this is seniors last home game. Mm -hmm. uh, as well so you know those two guys to me are are some guys on defense that I can feel like it makes it like we know about the other guys like we know they're gonna come to play but Owen right. is a guy I, I like to see get a little bit more this week I feel the exact same way about Owen and I think a little bit of it is even subconscious but I see it all throughout season and the different guys that I deal with coming back from injury has some residual mental impact. You can be as physically capable, have done all your rehab, know that you're good and you're back to normal. And there is still just a little subconscious 
hesitancy in the way you play. It's it's just natural. And I think Owen has had a little bit more of that this season than expected because he's been out so much with injury during his career. And I think he so badly didn't want it to happen again that it's almost, yes, I do think there was like, it, it was a bit of a slow build for him this season. So I would have said that as well. Um, I would love to see more from Camden Brown. I, mm-hmm. I'm hype on this kid. I yeah. think that he is going to be fantastic. And I want to see him targeted more, you know, a, a little inconsistency here and there, but he's a freaking freshman, you know? I just let him out there, let him go. He has the makings to be a really successful receiver. But look, we've got to see more from Robbie. I asked you last week if you think there's a potential that he ends up moved. You know, would a head coach come in? And like, I think of there's actually a situation at Duke. Riley Leonard is their quarterback, but their backup quarterback, the coaches actually say like he is a freak athlete and we want to get him the ball. Like we, we will line him up in slot. We'll put him on the outside, even though he's listed on the two deep as a, as a quarterback. Like if you've got a guy who's that effective with his legs, like sometimes, you know, hypothetically, if some quarterback comes in and does, you know, get the pass game going, you don't want Robbie to not be utilized. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's why I asked the question, not because I think we should pull the plug on him being a quarterback, but you don't want him to end up in a situation where he's just a backup. He's too effective as an athlete. Yeah, most definitely. And in the same, in the same test is that's why you pay the head coach all this money, (laughs) you know, to, to figure these things out. Uh, That's what they get paid heavily for. Um, like I say, you know, Holden, we only saw a very little of him this year. And speaking with his teammates, they think very highly of him as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, he's just not ready uh, this year. So, which is, you know, very understandable. He's a true freshman out of high school. And right. quarterbacks is a little bit different position. And I think the best thing for him is to be able to save that year, red shirt, and, and, and give him opportunity to see what his future holds. But, you know, as far as Robbie, you know, he has to be honest with himself first and foremost as far as a passer. Like he's a great athlete. He can run, he can scramble, and he can he puts pressure on the defense, uh, especially in the passing game. But what defenses are gonna do until you prove them differently is they're gonna put more than one spy. They're gonna put two spies. You say, exactly. hey, we'll take a guy out of coverage and we'll just two spy him until he, he shows that he can right until he can hit those accurate throws. If he can yeah. be accurate and he can start to hit some of those big throws then then they then he becomes more of a of a weapon right. uh at that standpoint so you know it's gonna be a huge off season whatever yeah, happens yeah. like things will start shaping up uh you know you got to start first once they decide what the head coach is going to be mm-hmm. and then once the staff what the staff is going to be and then what your recruiting class looks like on December 21st. And yep. then you have another recruiting class in February. But once those things get shaped out and who's hitting the transfer portal, because you know there's going to be guys in the portal. Uh, so we really want to know what this team shapes out or start to look like until end of January, early February. That's when we get to that point. Speaking of transfer portal, it is expected that TJ Finley will be entering the transfer portal very soon. He announced that he would be quote sitting out the rest of the season because of that shoulder injury. He is not even listed on the depth chart this week and obviously has not been with the team in the past couple of weeks. So you anticipate that he will be departing given, you know, the, the way that things have gone for him at Auburn and now with the coaching change, uh, I am not at all surprised, nor do I really bat an eyelash. No offense. 
So that one has definitely been developing as of late. You expect that name to officially be in there soon. Obviously, we haven't talked about this since it's happened, but Anders Carlson is also done. This week, Alex McPherson stepped in and assumed kicking duties. So an unfortunate year for Carlson, definitely not what you were anticipating when he announced he was coming back, but he also did great things during his time at Auburn and is, of course, appreciated. But McPherson takes on the responsibilities for the remainder of season and what you would expect to be uh, the foreseeable future as well. Um, and then Austin Troxel did undergo season ending surgery. I'm not sure if we talked about that last week either, but um, those are a, a few notables as of late. And then a non-football announcement. I am sad personally. I, I'm happy. I'm happy for this individual, but I am sad personally. SUNY Lee is unfortunately going to be leaving Auburn after this season. The 2023 season is going to be her last year because she is returning to elite gymnastics and pursuing the next Olympics in Paris in 2024. So it is a, that is bittersweet for me because having her at Auburn has been awesome. And because of her name, their recruiting has done really well. And you just felt like within the next couple of years, that team really could have, you know, pulled off a national championship. So, but hopefully they'll be able to put together an incredible year. Gymnastics season starts in January. So it is right around the corner. So if you weren't able to catch her this past year, or you want to see her again, she will be in her Auburn leotard for the last time this upcoming season before returning to pursue a second run at the Olympics. So we uh, certainly wish her the best, but we'll miss her on the planes, but hopefully Whipple. more big names. You know, the tickets are already sold out. Uh, oh, uh, that will be a hot <laughs> item now that it's the last right, chance. The you know, you have, think you get four years. Right. The tickets have doubled. And let's be honest. It's hard for someone like SUNY Lee to be in college for four years. Yeah. Um, sure. You know, she lived in Olympus, came to Auburn. Every arena that Auburn played in this year was sold out. Gymnastics. Yeah. So, again, this year, every arena will be sold out because they know they're watching someone that's going to be performing in 2024 Olympics. Yep. Uh, so, you know, it takes time to train for the Olympics. And, Ooh, yeah. it, it, like I said, uh, it's very mental mm -hmm. in a lot of ways it's it's pressure in yeah. a lot of ways could you imagine the pressure that was on this young lady this year like you come from the olympus and you come to college every arena you go to everybody just expected you to get a 10 on yeah, every score for sure like, <laughs> everything you do she's gonna get a 10 she gotta get 10 exactly and anything below that oh man i thought she's gonna get 10 like that is pressure <laughs> you know what i'm saying so like true so you know, we have to make sure that we respect her space as everything, yeah. but people, you know, will be lined up this year to go to some gymnastics meets. I went oh, to one last yeah. year. I might try to hit five this year. So Ooh, yeah, I gotta yeah. get, gotta get out there and see her. And awesome. I want to mention this, go you know, ahead. who's the number one golf team in college right now? Auburn. Auburn. Auburn <laughs> golf team is the <laughs> number one golf team in college right now. Heck yeah. So our men's team is playing awesome. We have a really good women's team too. Our men is ranked number one. And I got a chance to meet the men and the women's team this past uh Saturday. Ooh. Was that? No, past Friday at their uh at their event. And uh they got some good characters on there now. I don't know if you ever been around golf players that much, but it gets pretty funny when you hear their stories and everything. I and, bet. Uh, 
you know, so shout out to the, to the golf team and uh, what they're doing and the equestrian team. And there's so many things that is going right right now that we don't get a chance to mention, Mm -hmm. but uh, you know, kudos to, to those. We're in everything school. Speaking of, it is officially basketball season on the Plains and the Tigers are ranked number 13 right now, already three wins under their belt. And I believe they have Texas Southern tomorrow, question mark? Yes, you're right. Yes. Okay. So basketball continues on the Plains and that's always an exciting time as well. So it's always good to be an Auburn Tiger. You, you never forget that. Um, but it will be a lot of fun on Saturday, the final home showcase for the 2022 season. It's crazy how fast it went by. But uh, let's pack the place again and, you know, continue to give these guys support as they close out the season. And I am looking forward to getting to attend, which I never get to do. But it's going to be a fun one. Again, kickoff is at 3 o'clock Central. And if you can't be there in person, it will be televised on the SEC network. So with that, we will say goodbye here on Believe in Everything Auburn. Thank you so much for listening, everybody, and following along. There truly is nothing like the Auburn family. We see it in our listeners, and obviously it was seen in Jordan Hare on Saturday. And I, for one, am incredibly proud to be an Auburn alum. So thank you so much for supporting us here on the podcast the way you do. Make sure you like us and subscribe if you have not already. You'll get a notification every time we release an episode. And we will be back next week to talk about all the action. War Eagle, everybody. War Eagle. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.